storyteller for this evening is Annalise Hickey. <laughs> Annalise was born and raised in Melbourne with Tongan Irish roots. She's a filmmaker that loves telling stories about people from all different walks of life. Her first narrative short film, Hafakasi, won top awards at Melbourne Film Festival and Tribeca Film Festival. I'm so thrilled to have her here tonight. Hey Brunswick, can you hear me? Cool. Um, I just quickly firstly want to say thanks to Cordia for putting this night on and to speak with all these other amazing storytellers is really beautiful. So anyway, thanks for having me. This story is called A Visit from My Uncle. Um, I wrote it as um, some scenes from a film and I've adapted it for tonight's um, storytelling event. Our story starts on a Saturday afternoon in a suburban street in Preston. I was about five years old and sitting in the back seat of my mother's beat-up brown Tirana, dressed in my Sunday best, frilly socks, party dress and a headband. I was watching my mother through the car window as she hugged a man I'd never seen before. He was a big, tall, brown man with short, tight curls and wore a black, sh uh, wore a black skirt with thongs. I'd never seen a man in a skirt before. Mum opened the car door and in her calm, mum-like tones said, Mona, this is your uncle Calamate. Come say hello. I was a shy kid and hesitated, but uncle Calamate didn't read the room. Instead, he scooped me up into his arms and threw me up into the sky before giving me a big cuddle. A massive smile plastered across his face and his playfulness gave me reason to smile too. He was my dad's brother who was out here from Tonga and here I was, meeting my uncle before I'd met my father. How strange. He took us to what I remember to be my first Tongan do. It was in a school hall in Preston off Bell Street. As we walked up to the hall, I heard music and voices inside becoming louder and louder. I gripped my mother's hand tighter and kept my eyes fixed on my uncle, a little unsure of him, but intrigued. We entered the hall and the room was heaving with people. Circular tables covered in white cloth with food for days. Children were running and playing, adults talking and laughing, the top of their voices. Women were bringing in large platters covered in aluminium foil, and I could smell roast pig wafting through the space. I'd never seen so many brown people in all my life. What I realised quickly was I didn't know what the fuck they were saying. I hid behind my mum's leg. She could feel my nerves and bent down to my level to tell me everything was going to be okay. As we got further into the room, we became enveloped by the crowd. Uncle Calamate seemed to be the guest of honour. People kept coming up to him and embracing him. A woman in her 40s with big, thick, frizzy hair and a flower behind her ear was holding the hand of a young boy about my age. She kissed Uncle Kalamate on the cheek and started to, hook, started to talk to him in Tongan before he introduced us. Sala, this is Siasi's daughter Mona and her mother Kathleen. Doesn't she look just like him? Kalamate said in his thick island accent. I'm not going to do island accents because it's probably controversial. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome Mona and Kathleen. So good you could come and enjoy the feast. My mother was never shy like me. She would talk to anyone. And who do you have here, Sella? 
my mum was looking down at the little boy down by her side. This is my grandson, Stephen, she said. You don't look, en- you, you don't look old enough to be a grandma, my mum complimented. Sella chuckled and attributed it to her island blood. I just stared at Stephen and he at me. Like animals, we were figuring each other out. The adults kept talking above us and I just watched him. He ran, he ran over to some kids and started playing with them. I ventured closer, eventually warming up to the loud crowd and the foreign chaos of the hall. Stephen said something to me, but I couldn't understand. He could only speak Tongan and I could only speak English. There was a limit on how we could communicate. But when you're a kid, you don't need words, you can just play. So that's what we did, we played. I played with the other little kids while staying close to my mother, always within her earshot. I would go nowhere without her, not because she was strict, but because she was my safety blanket. The room was alive. I saw Tawalonga dancers dressed in traditional outfits, lathered in oil. People would go up to the stage during their performances and place five, 10, 50, five, 10, 20, sometimes $50 notes on their oiled skin as the dancers gracefully moved around the stage. We ate food, the adults drank, and the night was merry. Towards the end of the night, I was sitting on my uncle's lap. How far this shy girl had come in such a short amount of time. You're so much like your dad, you know. I couldn't tell then, but I'm sure my mum could. He was pretty drunk. There was a priest on stage. There's always a priest on stage at Tongan Things, giving speeches, and they go on for a really long time. And the entire room was listening. Something came over Kalamate, and he got up, holding me, and started walking towards the stage. Mum's ears pricked up straight away as Kalamate made his way through the crowd, carrying me. Before she knew it, he was up there, just as everyone was clapping the priest's speech. Thank you, Father John, for your words and dedication, he said. Kalamate's demeanour then shifted, and he became very serious, almost regretful. He switched to Tongan. As he held me at his hip and addressed the crowd, a crowded room, all I could see was what lots of warm, brown faces looking up at me. But as his speech progressed, their expressions changed. Some men bowed their heads. Some women began to weep. And I knew my uncle was saying something sad. He kept gesturing to me, saying my name and my dad's name, the only words I could understand, during his speech that felt like it went on for an eternity. The crowd seemed to be collectively crying, and even though I had no idea of what was going on, I burst into tears. Why was everyone so sad? Did I do something wrong? Australians never cry. Why is everyone so emotional? I reached out my hand to my mum, who was now nearby, and she too was crying. The air was thick with emotion, and I wanted to be anywhere else but here. The rest of the night was a blur for me. It was late, and eventually we said goodbye to my uncle. But I'll never forget it. What seemed so scary to me then now makes me think of it as a collective grieving. Families living separate from one another, some on the islands, some in diaspora, and some just no longer that traditional family unit. I'll always remember the first time my uncle visited and everyone in that hall who cried together. Marlo, thank you.